0: Discover something you'll really, really love, grilling with pellets. Green Mountain Pellet Grills are the top of the line, best of the best, but not the highest in price. And be sure to check out all of their flavor rubs, sauces, and pellets for the Green Mountain Grill all on their website. Visit GreenMountainGrills.com to peruse the entire product's portfolio. And by Barbecuer's Delight Wood Pellets. Two-thirds oak, one-third flavor wood, giving you that perfect combination of BTU burn and sweet, succulent smoke you're looking to get all over your meat. A wide variety of flavors, so please go to the website to check it out and get yours today. Barbecuer's Delight, which is BBQRSDelight.com. Hi, I'm
1: Johnny Dam, host of the Damage Report Radio Show. When I'm not falling in love with the First Amendment all over again, I like to sit back, relax, and rub my meat to the Barbecue Central Show. And now your host, Greg Rempe. Go, Greg. Yeah,
2: rub that meat. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and...
3: Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea.
0: Gentlemen, welcome to the really big barbecue central show. This is the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling, broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, Uh, rapidly becoming known as the barbecue capital of the North Coast. Happy to have you on your Tuesday. If you want to get in touch with the show, two ways to do it. 877-448-0433. 877-448-0433. You can also email the show at any point if you would like to do that as well, or instead of calling Greg at the BBQ show dot com. Those are your two ways to do it. Do yourself a favor. Uh, sorry, uh, anything else uh, related to the show can be found at the BBQ Cent- or the or thebbqcentralshow.com or the website right here. It's listed right there. Just go there for everything else you want on the show. How to become an advertiser, a little bit more about me, whatever the case may be. You can find it there at the website if it's not having to do specifically with the two bits of contact information. Here's what's happening on the show tonight in case you didn't get the newsletter. If you didn't get it, do yourself a favor. There's only a couple hundred spots left. Go to the homepage at the very top right. There's a thing that says newsletter, pop in an email address. I'm pretty sure that's exactly all you need to get signed up for the weekly newsletter. And then you'll know in advance of everybody else exactly what will be happening on the show each and every Tuesday. typically comes out around 3 or 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Again, uh, the main website, and then just sign up right where it says newsletter. You're all set to go. Just an email address. We don't sell it yet, so we're not making bags and bags of cash. But someday, perhaps someday. All right, for those of you that didn't get it, coming up in about 12 minutes from now a monthly contributor to the show. You know him, you love him, some hate him, Meathead. will be joining us from Amazing Ribs. Uh, now you'll notice he is an hour earlier than normal, and uh, Meathead will be doing some redistributing uh, of, of time. So we'll, he'll, he'll from now on, he'll be moving from the 10 to the 9 o'clock hour. So front-loaded with Meathead. Uh, going into the second hour, we have Fast Eddie Marin from uh, PelletCooker.com. The creator of the F.E. Cooker, maybe you've heard of him, won a number of competitions, won a number of uh, category segments, very well-versed in the world of competition barbecue, finger on the pulse, if you will. Uh, So we'll talk to him about the impending Jack Daniels that's coming up this weekend. Uh, We'll talk to him. We'll go all the way back to 2004. Ed was uh, kind of embroiled. I don't want to say embroiled. That kind of makes it sound bad, but... uh, was uh, part of a team that basically changed the rules for the Jack Daniels that year, ongoing ever since. So we'll kind of recount that and and kind of bring you guys up to speed if you're not familiar with exactly what happened back then and how that has affected things present day. So Fast Steady, 14 past 10. uh, Helping me close out the show tonight, 35 past 10 o'clock. Scott Roberts from scottrobertsweb.com, the monthly contributor in reviews of Sauce and rub, Also an expert on fiery foods, so we'll always have to see what the pulse of the fiery foods world is when we check in with Scott. Uh, So that's what's happening here on the show, 877-448-0433. Greg at com. Survey Tuesday, here we go. Question number one, have you been watching the presidential debates? Yes or no? Not really looking for anything more than that, but have you been watching? Question number two, I talked about it last week. The fact that somebody had put to put up a bottle, industrial-sized McDonald's bottle, of McJordan barbecue sauce for $9,995. Somebody bought it. If you had the money, would you have purchased the Michael Jordan barbecue sauce? Question number two. Sorry, three. Question number three. Community chest or Chance. Uh, I would like to take this time to personally thank the TV networks for not having the presidential debate on tonight, doing it last night. Uh, the presidential debate was on last week at this time. And as much as my apathy reigned supreme over me and the show, I did lose some live listeners and some live viewers of the show last Tuesday because people were a little bit more intrigued or they thought perhaps it was more important to watch a presidential debate then get in and get this show in consumption live on a Tuesday between the hours of 9 and 11. I don't necessarily agree with that. Just me. I am partial. You know, you probably could have saw it on YouTube or seen it in a number of different ways and gotten a whole bunch of spin and just gotten the gist of the whole idea. But no, you made the decision to watch the presidential debates. That's on you. Didn't get the show live. Remember, the best way to get the show is live. I mean, you can get it... After the fact, in a number of different ways, you can consume it in a number of different ways. But it's always best to hear it live because it's like it never happened. You know why? That's because it never did happen. So thank you to all the uh, broadcast networks to, to decide to go up against playoff baseball, Monday night football. Probably one of the best ideas ever to have a presidential. I'm sure that didn't detract any viewers. Whatever. I'm just glad we're not competing uh, against it tonight. I'm not going. I'm not as big as playoff baseball or Monday night football or some of those other things. So much happier that the presidential debate decided to go after that. Leave me alone on a Tuesday with you guys because now everybody can just kind of relax and unwind. Uh, you're perhaps digesting that presidential debate uh, that took place yesterday. And here's your two hours of, of release time. You know, and, and maybe I don't say it often enough, but however you consume the show, it uh, wouldn't be possible if there isn't, if, or wasn't, an audience willing to consume it. You set it for download on iTunes or your MP3 software catchers, uh, podcast catchers, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you watch it on YouTube video replay. You go to the website. Uh, bbQ show.com, go to the archives page and either listen to it download there or watch uh, the video on that site as well or you tune in each and every Tuesday between 9 and 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and you watch this show isn't for everybody and I don't say it nearly enough and uh, sometimes it uh, has to be a tragic event for a lot for me to uh, kind of remember to do this I appreciate each and every one of you however you're consuming the show because you make the show able to be done each and every week if nobody cared if nobody showed up the show wouldn't exist so as much as in you know I, I do try to put in a lot of work during the course of the week between each and every show lining up guests recurring guests new guests topical guests what i have you uh, show prep on talking points and whatnot it's all worthwhile when i get an email or when i get a, a facebook comment or a tweet or a personal email or whatever the case may be um I just want to make sure you guys understand that I appreciate each and every one of you that uh, consume this show, however you're doing it. And it really means the world to me that we can get together. Uh, you know, this is our world. It's our barbecue world. It doesn't always have to deal with barbecue. Sometimes it veers off course. Sometimes it veers off course like a, a fiery plane wreck. Um, but, but I think we all understand it. Uh, at least the the people that aren't brand new to the show kind of understand exactly how it works and, and kind of where I'm coming from. So uh, certainly appreciate each and every one of you guys. Have you guys seen the emergence? And I subscribe to a thing uh, you've heard of, uh, Google. They have these things called Google Alerts. And you can pretty much pick any type of subject that you want. And through Google, you can subscribe to get alerts. Um, I use barbecue. And daily, I get an update on what Google thinks is topical as it relates to the alert that I put in, which is barbecue. Every day. For the last however many numbers of weeks, I have been getting alerts on Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Do you guys have a a Dickie's Barbecue Pit where you are? Do you have one opening? These things are spreading across the country quicker than the plague did back in the whenever. 1600s or whatever that was. 1900s? Whatever. There's one near... uh, See, it's not even near me. If it was 20 minutes away, man, I would definitely be all over. But it's in a far, far southwest town called Medina, Ohio, really the capital of nowhere. While Cleveland is the capital, barbecue capital of the North Coast, Medina is the capital of nowhere when it relates to Ohio, or at least the, the southwest portion of greater Cleveland. And I'm wondering is it good? Have you been to a Dickie's barbecue pit? Because this particular. And there seems to be a lot of chains that are showing up all over the barbecue-slash-country landscape now, even more than I ever remember seeing over the last two or three years. Dickey's, Old Carolina, uh, and some of the other ones, you know, the Famous Days and all that stuff. If you've eaten at it, man, I would love to know if that would be worth my 40-minute trip down to Medina to take in some barbecue because they are raging across the country uh, like f- free crack cocaine and beer being given out at uh, Browns games. It doesn't happen at Browns games. I'm just saying that's what it would be like. It would be crazy. Let me know your experience with Dickies. Do you have a Dickies going in? Don G says uh, when, went to one in Allatown, not bad, but they're hit or miss. Well, I guess that's like every chain barbecue joint, right? It's hit or miss. If I'm ever down there, maybe I'll try it out. What's the worst that could happen? Eat barbecue. It's a good day. Gang, let me tell you about something that's going to be happening in a matter of weeks, like two. It's the, uh, actually, it'll be a week from Saturday, if my math is correct. It's called Turkey Fest 2012 at Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply. It'll be Saturday, November 3rd, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the barbecue showroom at 214 West Lancaster Avenue in Shillington, Pennsylvania. Tropical. Tropical here in Cleveland today, for sure. Uh, All-day turkey preparation and turkey cooking demonstration classes. Spatchcock turkey, beer can turkey, turkey jerky, turkey burgers, all on the grill and all the smokers. If you would like to see how to roast your holiday turkey to perfection on your grill, stop by and learn from the grilling experts that will amass at Tasty Lakes Barbecue Supply in Shillington, Pennsylvania on November 3rd. Now, here's who's going to be there. Allow me to refer to my list here. Steve Schmidt from Schmidt's Poultry, the resident turkey and poultry expert, will be on hand doing demonstrations including traducan. You know that, right? That's a uh, southern delicacy. Didi Bonato, the Mrs. Smoking Guitar Player, will be demonstrating some totally bitchin' holiday sides on the grill. You have Jason Zilli, From the award-winning Psychedelic Smoke competition barbecue team, he'll be another guest demonstrator. His recipe's always winners. I mean, you know who he is, right? Jason Zilly, Dude's on fire. He's here in the chat room, right? Of course, the resident vegetarian, Corey Bernardo, will be showing everybody how to make healthy and delicious side dishes and desserts on your grill. Of course, the smoking guitar player himself will demo... Everything it needed for your turkey day and more, including spatchcock turkey, beer can, sweet potatoes, cauliflower, cornbread, and more. It's going to be an extravaganza. An extravaganza. And you have to go check it out if you're going to be in that area or make a trip. Shillington, Pennsylvania. It's a destination across the nation. 2014 West Lancaster Avenue, Shillington, Pennsylvania. You can call for more information. 800-677-2882. That's 800-677-2882 or go to TastyLakesBBQ.com for more information. All right, we're coming back with the first of two segments with Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks.
4: live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey.
0: All right, we are back. Uh, John Dawson weighing in on the Dickies talk. Blows large pungent chunks don't waste your time
5: uh,
0: i do trust john so all of a sudden my uh, desire to go down to medina's a little less people always asking me the song uh, lover called danko Jump. d-a-n-k-o danko I feel
5: so good right here. we all do this
0: as an homage to my favorite show yeah. Check out the now, really big show, ESPN Cleveland, me. from uh, nine now, to one. You know what I'm talking about? I'm All right, here I we go. You. He's really one of the only other people. Well, he's not even really one of the only other people. He's the only other person that has
5: his riff, theme song that accompanies a him. We are chasing I for I the newsroom. He sings so good. Can't hurry riff. No, you just have to wait. I don't know, know all the words. I'm really just trying to... right.
0: All right, here we go. My um, guest during the first hour is a crowd favorite because always breaking new ground in the industry. We have lively debates, trade opinions, and have our overall man crush on each other. Now, I'm secure enough in my sexuality to admit it. We'll see if he feels the same way here in a second. So let's go ahead. Race over to the hotline creator of AmazingRibs.com joining us here on the show. Meathead, how are you, buddy? I'm great, Greg.
2: How's the Cleveland Cavalier Barbecue?
0: Uh, always doing absolutely fantastic when we not have a... you, uh, Greg. You can't hear me. Can you hear me? Meathead, you're not listening to the show on the other computer, are you?
2: No. Can you hear me now?
0: I can hear you now. Huh. Can you hear me now?
2: I've got an echo.
0: You You have an echo? Uh, let yes. me turn down the speaker volume. Can you hear me now? I can. You're... How's the quality? <laughs> well, I mean, you, you look fine. You sound fine. Are you listening to the show and getting a delay? Yeah,
2: oh. but I've tried to turn my, um, my speaker volume down. We always seem to have this issue, don't we?
0: No, we've never had this issue before. Well, we always seem to have an issue. Oh, well, I, I'll, I'll agree with the an issue part. Absolutely. I'm hearing you if I turn the volume down one second. All right. Aye, aye, aye. Geico. That's a gecko. The, well, the Meathead audio should be pristine tonight, really double-crossing my fingers. All right. I may have something I can adjust on my end, but... What, what are you getting? That's... What's the problem?
2: I hear your voice delayed and my voice coming back at me delayed.
0: Let me call you right back. Okay. Right. You know, I, I even upgraded my uh call it. The speed on my interwebs. Five megabits up. Shouldn't we shouldn't be having any issue. Meta. Oof. Just like that he's gone. Like a bolt. Through a shining cavern. It's the wrong. Did you did you hit the hang up button on accident?
2: Yeah, yeah, I hit the hang up button.
0: How how are we now?
2: Well, uh, let's just get going here. I don't want to screw out the phones. We need to practice. But I'm hearing these echoes. I'll just. Everybody ignores me. I can ignore myself.
0: Course, I mean, it's patently ridiculous. So ignore yourself, and then that'll just encourage others to ignore you as well. Uh, again, creator of the most heavily trafficked website when it comes to barbecue and grilling—that's uh, Meathead Goldwyn at AmazingRibs.com. Um, where do we want to start tonight? You sent me pictures six seconds before the show went on the air, so I want to make sure that what? I'm going through uh, properly. So, uh, what should we start with first? Because we have a couple different topics to hit.
2: Boy, it is really hard hearing you, but I think we'll we can muddle through. Uh, Start with that picture number two.
0: All right. Let me uh, go, go over. Here. Oh, hold on a second. I got to make sure I'm in the right place. Oh, geez. Uh, what do I do with all your stuff? Man, we are technically inept. I know. Hold on a second. I just. Oh, I'm sorry. Here we go. Uh, the second picture. Here we go. Boom. The second picture. Here we go. It sounds like you're listening to the show somewhere else.
2: No, I just switched uh, connections. Oh. How am I now?
0: Well I can I can hear you through your somewhere in your house. All
2: right, I'm going back to the headset.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean on this side it, it sounds good. Yeah. I, I can hear you. Uh, obviously I can hear me cuz I'm a talker.
2: Yeah, everything's delayed. We, uh, let's muddle through.
0: All, All right. Go ahead. Here's here's a, what looks to be a great bird. Isn't that a nice with, looking bird. A lot of grass around it.
2: <laughs> um before we start talking about turkey, because just about everything everybody's learned about cooking turkey is wrong. Oh, um, I want to wax philosophical for a minute about Thanksgiving. I mean, it's just you know listening to all the political debate. Oh, Greg, you poor thing in Ohio. Oh, what lifeless be for you. Oh, I feel for you, buddy. Why? Oh, you're just getting pummeled by all these ads, aren't you?
0: Uh, I mean, uh, w- w- however we became to be the linchpin of political success on either party. I mean, do, don't people pay attention to our sports and realize this is a, 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 a state of losers? Mm. Mm. Well,
2: I think that the, he, here's an option. Optimistic thought. Right. I think Thanksgiving is the most important, quintessential national holiday, more so than the Fourth of July. I mean, think of it. We're all immigrants. We all, everybody here, come from somebody else, as they say. All right. Um, even the Indians, uh, the Native Americans, they, they they're imports. But once a year, <laughs> we get together, we sit down, we all have a dinner. Most of us eat turkey. Some of us eat lasagna and other things. But it's mostly turkey. It's mostly potatoes of some sort. Yes. It, it, there's pie. The, the Thanksgiving ritual, the meal, the menu is so uniquely American. There's nothing like it in any other country. Fourth of July has become really so commercialized with bumper stickers and bandanas and the fourth of July and the fireworks. But Thanksgiving is family, and we get together, and we, yeah, we might argue among ourselves and fight politically right. and stuff, but it's family. It's get-together, not, not only across the nation, but Americans across the world, in Afghanistan, soldiers, expatriates living in Paris, everybody does Thanksgiving, and as the quintessential American holiday, I think it 's so cool that it 's centered around food, food, which is what all of us uh, who listen to this radio show who who barbecue and grill are so heavily motivated by so much in love with yeah. that this that tr- i 'm just totally awed by the communal event that is thanksgiving, this repast. That has gone on for decades, for hundreds of years. There's this unparalleled time-space continuum, and across the globe, I, I don't know. It just it. I think it's the coolest holiday anywhere, anyhow, anyway.
0: It does seem when you compare it to because you know you get up to right about now. You have uh, Halloween, which leads you into the quote-unquote holiday season, followed by Thanksgiving, followed by Christmas or, or whatever the holiday that you're celebrating in the december time frame is kwanzaa hanukkah whatever uh and then of course you have uh new year's um i agree with you on a, on a number of points you were making about thanksgiving but i guess uh, what i find to be most interesting when you compare it to a lot of that other stuff is it seems to have been left out of a lot of the commercialization that the other ones have not been able to stay out of
2: Yeah, um, I, I think I <laughs> heard you twice. Uh, there is some commercialization around Thanksgiving. No, but, uh, no, no,
0: no. I was saying that there wasn't. That one has that one seemed to be able to escape all of the commercialization that the other ones have not been able to.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the kids make little turkey pictures and uh, 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 pilgrim pictures and hang them in the windows. But there's not this excess of decoration that you have around Christmas. And I guess one could make the argument that Super Bowl Sunday is another holiday that is around food. But uh, that's a different argument.
0: Of course. Um, So... Uh, let me go back to uh, the picture here. So we have, you know, this beautiful turkey here. Um, where, where, uh, where should I be leading next?
2: Well, I, I want to talk about some of the things that make sense. As anybody who's listened to me or looked at my website knows, I have a real interest in food science. And a lot of what we do in the barbecue and grilling world Is based on our common knowledge passed down from generation to generation, uh, um, which is called mythology. And a lot of mythology is based in fact and a lot of it in myth. Let's talk about – I mean most of your readers by now know that it's a bad idea to stuff your turkey. Um, Why don't you pull up number two of the pictures I sent you? In in case you're not clear on the concept, let's talk about – why stuffing the turkey is a bad idea from two standpoints, from a right. cooking standpoint and from the um, health standpoint. Can you find slide number two?
0: This is slide number two. You want this one instead? Oh, no,
2: oh, number one, right. It's the That's it.
0: Okay. That's it. Got it.
2: You got it. Okay. Yeah, it's number one. It's number one. Okay. I misnumbered a couple of years. Sorry about that. That's all right. Um. And it looks like some of the arrows have gone bad on the black background. But that's okay. If you look at the top one, that's a stuffed turkey. That's a turkey that has become a solid mass. Think of it as a bowling ball. One of the core concepts that I keep preaching, and a lot of people um, are not clear on it yet, but you've got to get clear on this when you cook, particularly when you cook on a grill. The hot air outside the food cooks the outer layer of the food. The outer layer of the food cooks the inner layer, and that cooks the inner layer, and that cooks the inner layer. It's transmission. The air is a, um, uh, uh, holds and dismisses heat fairly quickly. But the bird is 70% water. Most speed is 70% water roughly, give or take. So if you've stuffed the bird, in order to get – cooked through and safe in the center you got to cook it to 165 to kill all the salmonella and believe me the way they handle turkey and chickens nowadays this is a pretty broad statement you have to handle chicken and turkey as if it's kryptonite there's a high possibility that it has salmonella contamination that's another topic for another time as to how they handle the birds why they're possibly contaminated but of course they're perfectly safe to eat if you cook them to 165 um you can cook them to a lower temp but you have to hold it at that temp a longer time to kill all the bugs but if you are going to cook the center to 165 you've got to apply a lot of heat to the outer layer and the outer layer is going to overcook Turkey white meat, the breast meat, is only six percent fat. Think about that. Oof. A hamburger is like twenty percent fat. No nice. wonder it's so juicy. Absolutely. Uh, uh, dark meat's like nine percent. It's it's you know a lot fattier than white meat, but it's still nine percent. So there's not a lot of fat for moisture. You've got to retain all the water moisture you can. So you don't want to pack that center and turn this baby into a bowling ball. If you leave the center empty like in the lower picture, now heat can enter it from above and below, from the inside and the outside. It can heat from both sides and you don't get it overcooked. That's key. Right. That's key. Obviously. Um and a, a lot of people don't get that concept. I mean, this goes to the back to our discussion on uh the uh, beer can chicken it's the same problem one of the same problems okay so related to this is is you don't want to cook it too fast on the west coast there's been a a bunch of articles written over the past few years about cooking it at 500 well that's going to crisp the skin which is something we want sure but it's also going to apply massive amounts of heat to the outer layer and that's going to dry it out now, a lot of people talk about, okay, well, let's keep this bird moist by brining it. Brining it. Right. Let's throw it in a brine. And so they, they, they mix up this vat, this big vat of salt and sugar and garlic and black pepper, apple juice, and all kinds of stuff. The problem is, is nowadays, almost all grocery store turkeys... Have been injected with the brine already. Right. So you're gonna oversalt if you brine. The other thing is, is brine doesn't go very far below beneath the surface. It can penetrate the skin, interestingly enough. But it doesn't go very far beneath the surface. The better technique is injection. There you can put the moisture where you want it, and in fact, you can even inject butter. You can inject fat. That's, um, you know, the the origin of butterball turkey. Right. They injected butter. So I recommend injecting now rather than brining. It's a lot less wasteful. You make up all – you spend a lot of money on apple juice and garlic and stuff. Oh, and by the way, garlic and pepper and stuff are not really very water-soluble. Get a couple of tablespoons of garlic and a couple of tablespoons of, of black pepper. And drop them in a glass of water and let them sit there for a few hours and then pour them through a coffee filter. A lot Mm. of it is in the coffee filter. It just doesn't dissolve in water. These are alcohol and oil-soluble flavors. So I'm not a huge fan of brownie. If you inject, you can push that stuff down. I mean – Look at the barbecue competition circuit. They're all injecting their briskets yeah. and their pork shoulders. Same idea applies here. Um, try injecting. And if you're – I mean I love stuffing like the next guy. But I, I don't cook it inside the bird. I cook it outside. And I, I cook them now in muffin pans. You get these muffin pans and you put the turkey in it and you make these stuffing muffins. And the what's the best part of the stuff? The crunchy top. Crunchy top. If you put them in the muffin pans, you get crunchy top oh. and crunchy sides. you got to butter up the muffin pan really good. Of course. You get really crunchy all around. And everybody gets their own little stuffing muffin. It looks cool. Mm. It really looks cool. People love it on their plate. And you can pour gravy over it if you want. Oh, yeah. It's perfectly safe. You can still put them in the smoker if you want. Yeah, yeah
0: and saunchy so, top.
2: First thing to do is check and make sure your turkey is not now these are the keywords to look for. Look for basted, right? self-basted, self-basted, or enhanced.
0: Enhanced, correct.
2: Or kosher. Those are the words if you see that on the label. That means they have been injected at the slaughterhouse or the processing fat plant and they have a salty or a brine solution. I mean they're trying to Make the turkey juicier for us. That's nice. I appreciate it. But they're also doing up to eight, nine percent of this stuff, yeah. which means they're able to charge us for what what was what turkey? You know, uh, maybe a buck and a half to two bucks a pound
0: yeah.
2: for which is ten percent water. I mean, injected water. Right. So it's very profitable to, to inject water in the turkey. But it does make it moisture. So if you're going to do anything, inject your spices and butt, melted butter down into the center of the bird, and if, especially if you've got a grocery store bird. If you can get an organic bird or a um, free-range bird or yep. something. Cage-free. Cage-free. Then you can um, probably brine if you want that's just a, a lot of mass. So you've got to have this big tank and you got all this liquid and stuff. Um, and it's really questionable how much of those flavors get inside.
0: There's a couple of people asking right here in the chat room about uh, the art of deep frying a bird. Is that something that uh, I'm sure you've done it before or you've at least eaten something that, that somebody else has done? Are you a fan of that or is that just something you're really not that much into when it comes to the turkey and the Thanksgiving?
2: I like deep. I, I like deep fried birds. Um, I've had uh, a couple of them from uh, cooked by others, and I've cooked. I've cooked two of them. You really get crispy skin. It stays really moist because the water has a rough time escaping, and it cooks fast, so there's not a lot of lois, loss of moisture. You can get fifteen to twenty percent loss of moisture in roasting in the oven or on the grill. Uh, get much less um, in deep frying, um, and there's not as much fat entering because of the vapor pressure of the water trying to escape. Um, I just think that smoking the turkey delivers a lot more flavor. Uh, frying doesn't deliver any flavor. Um, uh, 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 this flavor of – smoke I mean, everybody loves smoked turkey. Um, and what I do to get flavor in there is I go under the skin. You can loosen the skin. You can get your hands under the skin and roll around between the skin, which is mostly fat, not all fat. And you can get butter and herbs down in there. And um, anybody who looked at, can you get that um, picture number two, which is the first picture we showed of the tur- finished turkey? There we go. Can you see the dark spl- oh, splotches yeah. under yep. the skin? Yep. That's fresh sage. My sage stays fresh and, um, all around the bird, that sage also. I can get fresh sage from my garden or the grocery that time of year, and you put it under the skin, and now it easily soaks into the meat. Um, that, that's a nice way to deliver flavor to the bird. You can put dried herbs or fresh herbs under the skin. That's a nice way to get flavor down in there. It's almost a form of injection. Hmm. Now, here's another thought. Uh, um, the, the the third picture I sent you. Um, can you get that up? Number three.
0: Yeah, uh, up right now. Yep. Unstuffed okay. large bird, unstuffed small bird. If
2: you've bird. got a crowd to cook for, yep, cook two small birds, not one big bird. Oh, big bird. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to keep away from politics. Right. Um, but but, uh, but uh, it, the big bird, it takes more energy to penetrate all that meat. Cook two small birds. And you got twice as many drumsticks. And you got twice as many thighs. But they'll cook faster. But this picture tries to illustrate that the big bird will overcook on the outside faster than the small birds.
0: Correct. Meathead Goldwing. Here's
2: another idea. Yes. Everybody tells you to trust the bird, tie the two legs together. Right. All right, those are the legs. When you do that, the crotch never gets brown, it's pale and, well, like your crotch. Uh
0: Right.
2: You can season it, and if you leave it untrust, the smoke and the heat will hit the skin in that dark and dingy area, and you'll get crispier skin. And, 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 and the same thing for the wings. Let them flap loose. Now, you've got to protect the ends of the wings and the ends of the drumsticks because they will burn. So you just wrap them with foil, and about halfway through the cook, you pull them off. Um, so I like to, I, I'm going to do mine on a drum this year uh, only because I have a drum now and it's, uh, something I've been playing a lot with a uh, big Papa smoker. Yes. I heard you interview uh, my buddy Sterling last week. Yes. He won the, um, American Royal the Invitational, Invitational yes, of very the, Kansas City Royal. That's right. He manufactures a drum kit now, 130 bucks. I think it is. You got to go get your own drum. And I've written a whole article about how to get drums that are safe. Um, but, um, with $130 kit, you can make a darn, I mean, they're, they're like big Weber Smoky Mountains. They're really nice machines. I've been playing with a lot and I did a spatchcock turkey on it a couple of weeks ago. Fantastic. Oh, that's another idea. Spatchcocking or even cutting in half is a great idea. I mean, I, you like the presentation of the whole bird. It's beautiful. There you go. Oh, good work. But the nice thing about spatchcocking is that you get both sides brown. Brown, as everybody should know, is the Maillard effect. That's the chemical reaction that occurs with sugars and amino acids that creates max flavor. Well, if you spatchcock it like in this picture, you're going to get both sides brown, extra flavor, and it also cooks a lot faster. Um, This is a Weber kettle, 22-inch, $89 gizmo. I've added, I don't know if it's easy to see at home, but in the lower half of the screen, there's a, a piece of metal called the Smokinator. It divides the grill in half, and you put all your charcoal inside the Smokinator in the lower third of the screen. And then in the upper two-thirds, I have a drip pan. Oh, wow, Greg, thanks. God, you're getting good at this stuff. It's not
0: my first time at the rodeo, pal. Go
2: <laughs> called the Smokinator. There it is. Um, and you can put a little water pan in those holes there. And I love this baby. It's like 60 bucks, I think. And above it, can you scroll up? You can see at the bottom of the uh, – there's a pan filled with my gravy.
0: Yeah, you can see it just, uh, just below that is, left uh, – right, right
2: under the uh, yep, left ass there. of the bird.
0: Yep, there it is.
2: Right between the legs, under the ass of the bird. Scroll down. There it is. Yeah. No, 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 down. Yeah, it's between the Smokinator and the turkey. Right. There's a pan. There's a baking pan down there. And that's got all the fat trimmings from the neck. You can see yeah. I've trimmed most of the fat off the neck and the rump. Uh, it's got uh, the tips of the wings. It's got um, uh, celery, carrots, um, apple juice, apples, maybe some chicken stock. All, all the drippings go down in there. And then I strain it, and you have a turkey stock—very thin but incredibly flavorful um, turkey gravy. And I never thicken it with um, uh, cornstarch, cornstarch, or paste, which makes that big thick, that big thick, pasty cornstarch or flour gravy sits on top of the meat. Those molecules are too large; it can't get into the meat. Use this thin. It's like a soup. Oh, and it makes a great soup. By the way, there's almost always leftovers, and it's perfect for doing rice or just making a a smoked turkey soup. Fantastic. Catch all those drippings and make a soup out of it and use that soup as your gravy, and it's thin. It will penetrate the meat if the meat is dry. Another really, really good technique I'm fond of.
0: Meathead Goldwyn joining me here on the show. All right, Meathead, uh, uh, you're you're on fire right now. Take a break. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, quickly do a a sponsor read real quick. Uh, Go ahead and mute your microphone because I'm not going to hang up on you. And that way uh, you can do whatever you want at the uh, discretion of privacy. All right, uh, more with Meathead in just a second. Let me tell you quickly about Butcher's Barbecue. Now, they've been thinking of ways to have you get them trusting uh, you, the customer, even more. And here it is. How about free butcher barbecue products for a year? That's right. Free butcher barbecue, original injection or pork injection or prime injection for a full year of competition. Are you freaking kidding me? Having a, uh, a weekend full of private classes by Meathead wouldn't be any better than that. Well, that might be debatable, but it's still a pretty good deal. Now, starting uh, three, four weeks ago or so, uh, all you have to do place your order online continue to do so all the way through this coming weekend october 26th which just happens to be the jack daniels barbecue cook-off entry closes when the winner of the jack is announced so you only have a limited amount of time to get into this and potentially take advantage of free butcher barbecue product for a year now here's the best part the winner of the free butcher's barbecue injection for a year will be announced right here on the very central on the very central on this very barbecue central radio show absolutely So in true Jack Daniels qualification process, every order placed from uh, whenever three or four weeks ago up until the winner of the Jack is announced, your name will be added to the hopper each and every time that you place an order online. So for instance, if you buy 628 separate orders of Butcher BBQ products, your name will be entered 628 different times. It's just that easy. All you have to do is go to butcherbbq.com for full details. And of course, they're still offering that trade-in program So if you have been uh, jammed up by a different injection maker, you've seen scores tumble or whatever the case may be, um, pack up that three pounds left or two pounds left or whatever before you just threw it out or whatever you did with it. Uh, Fed it to the birds outside. You will get a replacement pound for pound uh, to a five-pound maximum. Dave will weigh what you sent him as long as it's commercially made with a label on it. We send it to Dave. Uh, ship it out to him. He will weigh it. And then in return, you will get prime injection, pork injection, beef injection, whatever you're specifying in return. And these are products that have been time-tested by many of the top teams out there in the KCBS, the FBA, the IBCA. You name it, they have tried it, and it's had a huge amount of success. Dave uses it, for crying out loud. What are you talking about? ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. Only a couple days left to try and win the free butchers for the next year and, of course, the trade-in program going on right now, Butcher Barbecue just another way for you to trust your butcher we're coming back with meathead in just a matter of seconds stick around we'll be right back
4: get in the smoke call 877 448 to get on the air now here's your host Greg Repp
0: Big B All right uh, we are back with uh, meathead Eight seven seven four four eight zero four three three. Greg at BBQ dot com is the way to get in touch with me. All right, uh, Meathead, we ran a little late on that first segment, so we're going to have to uh, press through the second one here. Uh, any other uh, clo? Do you have a? Uh, do you have a hookah? <laughs> <laughs> this we were talking about this last
2: time I was on. This is the smoking gun. It's like ninety eight bucks, and. Um, it blows smoke. I haven't got it fired up yet.
0: Oh, uh, that is uh, one. It's of those- really,
2: it's really good for um, smoking drinks and stuff. Oh, oh, can I jump off on a, a very distant tangent? But the coolest thing I've learned to do lately. All right. By the way, I sound. I solved the sound problem. It's because I had the um, video feed on the network. Uh, and it's sound on, and there's a delay between that and that. Yeah, no shit. Good now. So,
0: what, when fix. I say, do you have uh, the show on behind you, and you say no, what am I supposed to think? You, I mean, you're a smart man. I have to – you're one of the smartest people I have, so when you say no, I have to go on your good word. I mean, it's not like I've never done the show and people have been falling victim to the Echo Monster for years. When, what do I know?
2: Greg, I'm an, I, I am Son not I am not a bitch. I'm an idiot. I just make believe I'm smart.
0: All right. We'll let it go this um,
2: time. But in any case, it's fixed. Um, <laughs> I made the best Bloody Mary of my life the other day, and every oh, one hello. of you guys has got to go out and try this. It's the coolest thing. Um, we talked in the past about how cold attracts smoke, so yeah. I got a whole bunch of ice cubes. This is the I don't know where I got this goofy idea. I got a whole bunch of ice cubes and put them in a metal pan, right. and put them in um, my smoker. I have a pellet smoker, so that's easy to switch it on, switch it off. Yep. I threw it in the pellet smoker, and um, you know, eventually all the ice melted in water. All then right. I took the water and poured it in a zipper bag, put it in the freezer. Then I made up a bloody mary and beat the snot out of the zipper bag with a uh, meat tenderizer right. until I had you know ground up ice, sure. and put it in the bloody mary oh my god the smoke flavor is in the ice it's smoked ice and it's fantastic and I, i haven't tried it in bourbon on the rocks but you know it will work on bourbon on the rocks i mean you just got you guys got to go out right now fire up your smokers and put some ice cubes in there and then freeze the liquid and then make a drink with the smoked ice. It's amazing. It's amazing.
0: I'm I'm a huge bourbon fan, so uh, obviously I'll try that. But now, look, you've broached a subject which is more near and dear to my dad's heart than me. Um, I've still yet to find a value in a Bloody Mary at any point in my life. But Ah. he's a very big Bloody Mary guy. Uh, He makes his Bloody Marys with um, the non-processed horseradish which goes into mm-hmm. – is mm-hmm. that something that you partake in? Are you a buyer of I grow horseradish. That? You grow horseradish?
2: I grow horseradish. I, I have it. horseradish. It's, it's a weed. You can't Once you plant it, you can't get rid of it. It's, it's almost as bad as uh, mint, um, which I also grow.
0: Uh, evident, um, evidently, I'm growing mint it, on the like side of my carrot. house. It's like a carrot. grows
2: underground. Yep. Um, most of it in the country comes from Illinois. Um, and uh, you just pull it up and peel it, which is hard to do because it's really gnarly. And then you grate it on the fine uh, part of your grater. The problem is is the bulk of its flavor is not water-soluble. So you grate it and put it in a Bloody Mary. I've even grated it and put it on spaghetti with red sauce, and it's very nice that way. Really. But if you mix it with a little salt and vinegar, distilled vinegar, not um, cider vinegar, what you have is an exact copy of what you buy in the store. And it's really killer if you grate it yourself because it's really fresh. After a while, anybody who's had a bottle of uh, horseradish around knows that it turns brown. It oxidizes. Um, But it's really easy to grow. Um, And uh, you can't kill it over the winter. Nothing hurts it. You can grow it in cold climates if you can get yourself a couple of... Roots of horseradish just stick in a corner of the garden. It'll thrive for years, and uh, you can make fresh horseradish. It's wonderful.
0: Meathead Goldwyn joining me here on the show. Amazingribs.com is the website in case you have never checked it out, which probably means you just got a computer and found out about the Internet, and you just happen to like barbecue and grilling. The other <laughs> thing that we wanted to talk about, Meathead, is that you've discovered the ultimate steak grilling machine. Uh, I used to like to use the term vessel. Uh, what, what are we talking about here? What can you tell us?
2: I want to talk about, it's the cook air, and I have an article about that, but I think we've got to finish turkey. We're not done. All right, There's go There's more stuff i got to talk about turkey. Can we go go back if time permits, and if not, we'll catch it another time. That's fine. I thought we'd need that as Phil, but uh, I'm yanking on
0: as always. Let's continue okay. with turkey. A
2: lot of a lot of people think you've got to cook your turkey breast side down because they have this idea that the juices will percolate from the backbone down along that skinny little portion of side, and then into the breast. And that just doesn't work. This is a muscle. These are muscles. The the moisture from one side will not travel more than a quarter inch or a half inch. Um, If the heat surrounds it all around, you're just, I mean, the reason to turn it around a little bit. Okay, now there's a slide I gave you called Turkey and Pan, number four.
0: All right. Uh, okay, I got another. Yeah, you got them both of them. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Leave it there. Oh, here we um, okay, here we go.
2: okay. This is your. The top picture is your typical turkey roasting pan. There's this like V-shaped gizmo. Oh, Greg, this is so cool, cool. The way you zoom like that. Um, and, and the turkey sits on that roasting pan, and it's. Down inside the side walls and, um, uh, of the roasting pan. And look at the temperature differences. You've got liquid in the bottom at 175. Then right below the underside of the turkey, it's only 240. Yeah. And above, that's, if you cook it at 325, it's 325. So there's this huge temperature difference. And the underside is getting bombarded by moisture. And it's at a lower temperature. It's not going to cook as well as if. Scroll
0: down. All right, hold on one second. Let me do this.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. There you go. Very, okay. The bottom one, if you can get the bird above the pan, either sitting on the rim of the pan or floating above it, and this is where a grill is perfect because you can put your moisture or your drip pan, like I showed you in the Spatchcock picture, with your gravy under the cooking grates, down on top uh, of the charcoal grate or on a gas grill on top of the flavor uh, bars, um, Then you can surround the bird by 325 heat, and it cooks evenly throughout. There's no need to cook it breast side down or to turn it if you do it this way. It's like ribs. I mean, most of us don't turn our ribs Um, uh, if it's surrounded by even temperature all around. But if you put it in the top picture in a roasting pan with a V-shaped rack, you're asking – and how many times have you pulled a turkey out of there and the bottom is all white and gummy and rubbery and – yeah? That's why you have to flip it, but flipping it doesn't get juices to flow. Juices just don't flow. Fat doesn't flow into meat. Juices don't flow from point A to point B. The flavor of the bone doesn't move from the bone into the meat. Meat is not very permeable. It's, It's bundles of water and protein, and things don't travel through it very well. Um, Salt will, but that's a chemical reaction. Um, And that's a different story about brining. We'll talk about that some other time. Um, And here's another one. I don't baste it when I cook it. I want crispy skin. When you baste chicken or turkey skin, what are you doing? You're getting it wet. right? You get it wet, it doesn't get crispy. Now, I do oil the skin. I put all kinds of spices and herbs on the outside. I oil the skin, and that gets a nice crispy skin. Um, uh, But beware, you better have sharp knives when you carve uh, turkey with crispy skin Because it's really hard to cut crispy skin Soft, soggy skin is easy to carve
0: Yeah, but I mean, the- nobody in their right mind If they're going for crispy skin And I happen to know this because for years As I was growing up as a uh, child, a young punk uh, We would almost Thanksgiving at our house And my dad's brother would come with his family uh, sometimes my grandparents would as well, but you, they would cook. My mom and my uncle would cook this turkey, mostly my mom, and my uncle would take credit for it. And then when the turkey came <laughs> out, uh, they would be crisping up the skin, right? Uh, so they would put it out to let it rest. That was the part, aside from my aunt passing out in her potatoes because, you know, she might have had a few too many. Never go uh That was the best part of Thanksgiving. I'm in mean, at that point with some like knives, cut the skin off right in your mouth. Oh, yeah. it's almost oh, yeah. like an appetizer on top of the bird
2: oh you get the little part that goes over the fence when nobody's looking you walk by and just snap that baby off and you're gone nobody caught you um i throw that in my gravy but uh, uh yeah absolutely now that brings up another point letting the turkey rest now dr blonder is doing some research uh, if people who listen to Read my site, know that I um work with a physicist uh, and he does research for me. Um and uh he's actually doing some research right now on this whole question about letting meat rest. What difference does it make? Does it really work? We question everything. Um but let's make believe it does work until proven otherwise. So most of us bring the bird and let it sit for a few minutes or so to redistribute the juices, they say. Right. Um but don't put it on oil. Foil is not going to protect that heat, keep it in too much. It'll do it a little bit. It'll reflect a little bit. But what it can do is the humidity, which is steaming out of the bird, will soften the skin. So Hmm. just let her sit. Just let her sit and let that skin stay crispy. crispy. And the most important thing that we haven't done yet is get the temperature right. If you don't have a thermopen, if you don't have a Maverick, if you don't have a good digital thermometer, you've got to have one because – the difference between a turkey cooked to 160 mm. and 170 is the distant difference between succulent, juicy turkey and cardboard. Absolutely. Uh, turkey breast. Speaking of uh, turkey thighs and, and 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 drumsticks are a little more forgiving. Um, they're dark, they're, there's more fat. You can take those up to 170 or 80. Um, all if you're working off of cookbooks older than three or four years, they're out of date. Um, USDA, who is the arbiter of what is safe, has lowered their recommendation for poultry to 165. Um, a lot of old cookbooks are still saying 170 or 180. Correct. And that's a recipe for disaster. Um, uh, don't do it. Um, USDA says you can go to 165. What I do is I pull it out at 160. And because the meat is hot and it's still pushing that heat down into the center, this carryover effect is what chefs call it. You bring it in, sit it down, it will continue to cook, even though it's not in the oven or on the smoker, Um, and it'll come up to 165, and it's safe. Um, And one of these days we'll talk about this whole concept about you can get a turkey safe at 150, but you have to hold it there for like 30 minutes. Now, that's tricky, and that's the whole concept behind sous vide, and that's another topic for another day. So... A digital thermometer is so important. The Thermapen, you can spot read it in multiple locations or the uh, Maverick ET732, I think, is the one where you can stick it in and leave it there and walk away while it's cooking. Good tools, both of them. Um, I have a whole page devoted to um, thermometers on my website uh, buying guide and ratings and reviews I've tested a lot of them and I'm still testing them and uh, also I've got a whole page on this whole process that we're talking about here in detail uh, 10,000 words on turkey cooking oh my uh, yeah <laughs> yeah I mean it's, it's a small book um, but um, um, oh and the other thing is I cook around 325 um, if you've got a smoker that doesn't go up above 225 that's cool it'll just take a little longer um We don't have to worry about melting fat and a lot of connective tissues in most poultry. So I can crank it up a little higher, 325, and you get a little better Maillard on the skin, a little better crispiness. But anything, I don't want to go
0: too much higher than that
2: and overcook it.
0: Turkey. Wow. (laughs) Turkey, and and it's again, huge write-ups on his website, amazingribs.com. And uh, you can find Meathead here on this show once a month. Uh, we'll look for you in November, Meathead.
2: Okay, Greg. Lou, I'm, I'm going to see you sooner. I'm going to see you in Missouri.
0: That's right. We'll see. I'll see you in Missouri, and we'll have a great time, and we'll tell everybody a bunch of lies after we get back from there and, and having a great time.
2: Yeah, we'll t- let's do a show about it.
0: You got it. All right, there he is, Meathead, everybody. We'll talk to Meathead next month. Uh, and I will see him sooner, as he said, which, of course, he is uh, not lying about. All right. Uh, is there any way I'm going to be able to get this done in the allotted time? Doubtful, but let's try it. Uh, quick reminder about the Barbecue Guru, uh, makers of automatic potential control devices. Uh, The Onyx Oven, a series of other products, if you haven't really checked out their website, that makes your barbecue and grilling life easier, thebbqguru.com. You can call them toll-free, 800-288-Guru. Obviously, a very established and successful competition cooking team. Uh, And I guess the unique thing about that is the fact that they're using all of their products out there on the competition circuit so they're tried and true uh, they're always looking for new and inventive things like the cyber q wi-fi so if you have wi-fi connectivity are you able to get on there and monitor all the temperatures of your meats you can make cooker adjustments if you want to if you're cooking too fast or too slow or what have you you can find it all right there thebbqguru.com or 800-288-GURU we will quickly wrap up the first hour right after this stick around we'll be right back
4: Big-name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show.
0: Alrighty. Wrapping up the first hour, this will be a very short wrap-up, believe me. Uh, thanks to Meathead, uh, struggled at the top there trying to, uh, well, me trying to tell him there was an echo monster that he was involved in, but no! What does the guy that hosts the radio show know about that? Um, but once we got it ironed out, lots of great information on turkey. Go back and get the uh, podcast so you can make sure that you are uh, hanging on every word. And then, of course, go to the website amazingribs.com for a lot more turkey talk over there. Uh, when we come back, we will have a couple interviews uh, that took place at Autumn Fest 420Q and 3 Eyes. Uh, some second takes to get to Fast Eddie and the second hour Scott Roberts as well. Stick around, we will be right back.
1: Hey, what's up? This is JM, host of the Celebrity Grill podcast on iTunes, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Network, all barbecue and grilling all the time.
5: From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention?
0: Happy to have you aboard here for the Really Big Barbecue Show.
3: We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? We <laughs> have a great show of a big fan.
2: So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in in the...
3: In the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? for
1: 854 wiener.
6: Oh, listen, Lavertius, shake a chickpea. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds.
0: <laughs> you could use it to fight off creeping marauders looking to take your steaks off your grills.
1: I just like being anywhere with Junior, Senior, and Diva. <laughs> like
5: a movie. <laughs> wow, yeah, really. <laughs>
3: Keep it hot, keep it clean, keep it lubricated. We have top men working on it right now. Ooh, top
0: men. All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. Top men. 877 4480433 Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Those are two ways to get in touch with the show. Thanks again to Meathead for talking turkey. A little pre-Thanksgiving going on. Uh, next month, we'll find us interviewing uh, Stephen Reikland of uh, Barbecue U fame, Barbecue Bible fame, 20 different cookbooks fame, talking about uh, Thanksgiving dinner as well. I believe he's slated for the 10th or whatever one of those Tuesdays would be. So uh, locked and loaded, Stephen Reichland for next month. All right, uh, Survey Tuesday, quick. Uh, Have you been watching the presidential debates? Me? No, not even one second. Not even one second. Uh, It's not because I'm not political. Thank you, Chad, by the way, for the beard comment. You won't see it next week. I can guarantee you that. It's out of here. Um, It's not that I'm not political. I just, and I'm not the guy that says I'm not going to vote because, you know, one vote doesn't matter. But I think uh, the whole thing, the whole thing. Political parties aside, you know, you got to start from the top and gut everybody out. Just got to start fresh. I always say, you know, if Mitt Romney or Barack Obama passed you on the street, they wouldn't sniff you. They would look down their noses at you. Millionaires and billionaires don't want to have anything to do with the common folk. They can't relate to us, which is why I find it hard to believe that anybody on television running for president has me in mind. Uh, they aren't like me. They don't know me. We wouldn't be running in the same circles uh, if they weren't running for president anyway. So, you know, if I want somebody like me to be president, then it's got to be somebody like me. So that's why uh, I don't necessarily participate in the politics regardless. Question number two uh, If you had the money, would you have purchased the Michael Jordan barbecue sauce for $9,995? For me, it's enough. It's 20 year old barbecue sauce. 20 20- year old barbecue sauce I can't use it if I'm going to buy it man you know I want it first thing I'm going to do take that cap off and then you're dead it's 20 years old 92 the year I graduated high school that uh, stuff came out and it was only regional so who knows how long it was sitting on the shelf before they decided to remarket it, it as Jordan barbecue sauce I wouldn't buy it man I'd love to be that son of a bitch that had that carton of sauce and put it up there on eBay and got 10 grand for it man I'd love that now question number three Community chest or chance? For me, chance. Of course. Dang. If you're not taking chances, what are you doing? Live every day like it's the last. Forget community chest. Always chance. Uh, Next week, programming note, winner of the Jack Daniels barbecue competition. That's taking place this coming weekend, by the way. We're going to be talking with uh, Ed Marn in just about ten minutes from now to uh, kind of handicap that, and uh, rehash some other stuff. Also, Derek Riches from About. dot com, also uh, Robin Lindars from GrillGirl. dot com will be joining me. So a jam packed show already. Also, uh, programming note for tomorrow: I will be I will be a guest on the Sam Livecast tomorrow night. If you haven't seen the show yet, what better way, uh, way or what better night to check it out than when I'm on as a guest. I can kind of lead you in to what's happening. Um, if you're not uh, not sure what we'll be talking about yet, although I believe it's going to be pork butt, um, and I had just talked to Sam previous to going on the air. Uh, he has a set of meat rakes. He's smoking a pork butt tomorrow, and he is actually going to rake the meat on the live cast. So if you've never seen meat rakes, in operation before. Uh, You don't know how easy they're going to be. You know, Sam is not a barbecue master by any stretch of the imagination. So you are going to be able to see him uh, actually demonstrate a a fellow barbecuers project uh, or product, and it's uh, it's going to be fun and fabulous. Plus, you are going to have me as a guest. So you know, easy transition in. Uh, I should be on around nine fifteen or so, but just tune to the top of the hour, uh, watch it. Let me know if you think I am crazy because I love the show uh, with uh, every ounce and fiber of my being. But uh, you know, that's just me. All right, a couple things that I wanted to look at here. And, and bring up to you guys, and you tell me uh, if this is a good idea, or you tell me if this is a bad idea. This is what I love about the show now, because we do have uh, the ability for uh, sound. And evidently, video just starts amok. Uh, where am I going to? Oh, oh, right. I can go right here. Saw this on the internet. Guys, this is especially for us, so uh, check this out. Let me know if you think this is a good idea or a bad idea.
5: Hi,
1: I'm Mike, founder of dollarshaveclub.com. What is dollarshaveclub.com? Well, for a dollar a month, we send high quality razors right to your door. Yeah, a dollar. Are the blades any good? No. Our blades are f***ing great. Each razor has stainless steel blades an aloe vera lubricating strip and a pivot head. It's so gentle a toddler could use it. And do you like spending $20 a month on brand name razors? 19 go to Roger Federer. I'm good at tennis. And do you think your razor needs a vibrating handle, a flashlight, a back scratcher, and ten blades? Your handsome-ass grandfather had one blade, and polio. Looking good, pop-up! Stop paying for shave tech you don't need. And stop forgetting to buy your blades every month. Alejandro and I are going to ship them right to you. We're not just selling razors. We're also making new jobs. Alejandra, what were you doing last month? Not working. What are you doing now? Working. I'm no Vanderbilt, but this train makes hay. So stop forgetting to buy your blades every month and start deciding where you're going to stack all those dollar bills I'm saving you. We are dollarshaveclub.com, and the party is on.
5: All
1: right, so that's uh,
0: Dollar Shave Club. And uh, here's what the website looks like. So here's what it is, right? Uh, if you're a guy, if you shave, you have uh, three options. It's something that you sign. yeah, It's absolutely for real. Uh, you can have a twin razor. You can have the four razor. You can also have, I believe it's six. And uh, for $1 a month or for $6 a month or for $9 a month, you will get uh, five cartridges of the twin you will get four cartridges of the four and you will get uh, three cartridges of the six stainless steel bl- uh, blades and uh, you sign up. You can cancel it any time. I went through and did all this stuff. They're not affiliated with the show at all, um, but I saw it on Twitter and I thought it was pretty unique. And so I ask you at least th- the men, if you're signing up for shipping and handling for $1 a month for twin blades, or I would get the four. I like the four. Six is a little overkill for me. Um, is that something that you would like to do instead of potentially running out of uh, blades? I mean, you know, when I buy blades, we go to BJ's. I always buy the uh, the cheap ones that come in mass. It's like 10 bucks. Inevitably, I, I run out or I never remember to buy or I'll try and get one more shave out because then I forgot and I know for sure I'm going to go at that point. Uh, and then, you know, you don't have a sharp blade, man. You can wreck your face up. So we don't want to wreck our face up. Uh, so what do you think? Is that a good idea, bad idea? You know, you tell me. All right, uh, we go to Autumn Fest interviews, and uh, Three Eyes Barbecue, uh, oddly enough, did not win a grand championship this time. But they did win a reserve. And here's Mother Chicken uh, recapping the event. Uh, of course, Embedded Reporter Kelly Dodd, uh, whose dad is pitmaster of Who Smoking and does a bunch of interviews for me, caught up with uh, Mother Chicken, and here's the sound for that
3: from Three Eyes Barbecue. How are you doing today, Chris? Good, how are you? Good. At the American Royal, you didn't place as high as many would have
2: thought. How did that feel and were there any problems with the cook?
0: No, no, there was no problems with the cook. Uh, when you're cooking against the 160 something plus teams at the Invitational and 560 at the Open, it's, anybody goes. I mean, you have to hit the right table, you have to have the right judges. And In our case, we just didn't get the scores that we thought we were going to get. Um, our point totals were right where we normally yeah, at. It's just, you're at a big contest and you, contest requires big numbers
3: how did the cook today go
0: we could have, we could have done better today uh it was a it was kind of a rough cook for us uh with being just dan and i this week it was we were having to run the box and not being able to change over as quickly as possible and it led to a little difficulty overall um it's, it was an average cook for us all
4: right thank you for your time all right thank you
0: all right that was uh, kelly dodd with mother chicken from three eyes barbecue Um, End up getting reserved, so probably not as bad as they were initially thinking. Um, And then uh, 420Q, um, I just kind of previewed while we were listening to uh, um, uh, Mother Chicken Talk. And uh, the audio quality on that one, uh, now that I'm hearing it through my uh, speakers, is not going to be acceptable. A lot of band stuff and and stage stuff going on, which she warned me about. But when I listened to it on my phone, it sounded all right. But uh, through the regular speakers, uh, not that good. Uh, so 422 coming out as grand champ at uh, autumn fest uh, who's smoking the respectable middle of the pack show so uh, congratulations to special agent in the DEA Brian Dodd on his uh, great finish all right uh, guys so we talk to you uh, we I talk to you each and every week about things for you look you know you're a guy there's probably not a lot of, you know, you're not going to be wearing earrings, you're not going to be wearing, you know, diamond necklaces and tennis bracelets and all of this stuff. Uh, there's not a lot of items that we as gentlemen have the opportunity to wear that allows us to show style, but you add a little flair, add a little flavor to the wardrobe. Uh, whether it be for work, maybe you're going out uh, for a night on the town, what have you. Now, maybe you're an idiot, maybe you've done something terrible. And you need to get back out, or you need to get out of the doghouse, as it were, back into the regular house. Uh, You now have a friend in the business, and his name is Stephen DeFranco. When I say business, I mean jewelry business, obviously. Uh, Stephen DeFranco, you can go to him at StephenDeFranco, D-I-F-R-A-N-C-O, StephenDeFranco.com. And you look at all the inventory that he has, the watches, which I strongly recommend I have, too. uh, But he's got a number of other items there that you can take a look at, uh, the earrings. He's got diamond rings, tennis bracelets, uh, studs, he's got glass jewelry, he's got artisan pottery, you name it, he's got it, you can peruse it all there on the uh, at the internet. Now, when you find something you like, this is very important, you go ahead and call 440-943-2700 and ask for Steve. Uh, this isn't some hack, he's not just a sales guy taking your phone call, Steve owns the joint, you're dealing with top men in that business, doesn't get any more top men than Steve. Tell them you're a barbecue brother or sister, that you listen to the show, that you hear them all the time, and you want that special discount that I'm always talking about each and every Tuesday night. And watch the dollars fall off that retail price crazy like you wouldn't believe. And Of course, he's always shipping to you stuff for free. Um, He's taking care of it. It's service after the sale as well, which I had to experience myself uh, with my Accutron watch. And it, it was flawless. little wait time. But look, you want something to get fixed and done right, and that's absolutely what Steve is all about. Customer service, top priority. So stephendefranco.com is the website. Again, pick out whatever you want, and then give them a call, 440-943-2700. That's 440-943-2700. Mention the term barbecue brother or sister, or that you know me, that you're a fan of the show, that you hear me uh, do his reads for him. And watch the savings. And again, free shipping on everything, which is $25, $30 savings, depending on what you're getting. So take advantage 440-943-2700 Four four zero nine four three twenty seven hundred. 943 2700 stephendefranco.com we're coming back with Ed Marin from pelletsmoker.com fast steady cooker maker legend living legend of barbecue if I may say so myself and he'll be on right after this stick around we'll be right back
4: Casting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, we are back.
0: 877 448 Greg at... TheBBQCentralShow.com. Two ways to get in touch with the show if you're so inclined. Uh, my first guest in the second hour is a living legend in the world of barbecue, created one of the most successful and popular cookers on the competition trail, the FEC 100. Uh, has won numerous awards during his competition cooking career. Still gets out, shows folks what time it is, well when he has the time. And he's gonna help break down the Jack Daniels this coming weekend. Let's go ahead and race over to the hotline and pull up friend of the show, Ed Fast Eddie Marin. Ed, how are you, buddy? Doing great, Greg. Where's your uh, where's your camera at?
3: Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I got it on up there. Let's see how's that?
0: Uh, oh, here he comes there's fast Eddie boom just like that all right now we're rocking the there all. all right uh, so we, we can chat up the impending Jack Daniels that's going to be taking place uh, this weekend Eddie um, is there I love asking this question because you know I've never been there I've never competed there obviously I don't compete but is, is there an overstated mystery or elegance or romance or, or whatever you want to call it when it comes to the Jack versus any of these other competitions that happen during the course of a competition calendar year? Uh, it seems that if you would ask any pitmaster out there, regardless of generation or, or where they're at, the majority of them would trend to say, if I had to choose between X, X, and X, it's going to be the Jack Daniels. And, and I, I guess I still struggle with why is that?
3: I think it's because it, you know they limit it, so you know it's not everybody and their brother gets to get into it. So it's one of those things that um, it's a romance of being a of, of a select few. I, I mean, the contest itself, when you after you've been there and in the little town, it's kind of you know the ambiance of the small town's kind of neat. But other than that, as far as the mechanics of the contest go, it's not a whole lot different than some other events around and and especially if the if the weather turns south on you it can really be pretty nasty standing in the mud because the 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 park's nothing but holds water down there and um i you know i think it's just because of of what it is and and the limitation of it's why people really want to want to be there
0: So if you're a team that gets in and, you know, not everybody is an IQ that's been able to go down for 758 years consecutively, uh, you know, there is that potential opportunity where, you know, or if you're not winning, you know, the seven in a row within that uh, designated time frame uh, to get an automatic, it could be your only time. You know, it's like an NFL football team where you get into the playoffs your first season in as a rookie and then you're like, oh, this is going to happen every time you never make it back again. I mean, literally, this is something that could happen with the Jack Daniels as well. So if you're a team in that situation, it, it's got to be kind of a I want to savor everything. I want to do everything because I might not be able to get back. But then you're running up against that weird thing of, man, I mean, i got to be on my A game to actually potentially win this thing at the same time. I mean, how do you plan to do both and take advantage of, of everything and not disadvantage yourself at the competition side?
3: Well, that's probably a pretty good question. Um <laughs> <laughs> the thing about the jack is that you know it they're, it they're being a private company like that you know and they're looking for press it you know it's 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 a political pay for play kind of thing and you know so the the judges that come in there are are notoriously not real experienced so you know the standard, what, what you see pop up if you go back and look at the history of it that a lot of, of short-term cooks that had some you know decent success have popped in there to win the thing um, the the guy from Minnesota uh, that come down there and wanted a year uh, it was is comes to mind um, you know a, a, a very successful restaurant tour here in town now that wanted smoking guns and you know he he had a um he's got a seasoning out because of it and he he learned to benefit off of it some. Um but when you go back and look at the history were they the killer top elite number one cooking teams that um were out there, you know, on the circuit, no. Uh, I mean, then, then of course the, the debacle in two thousand four, where Rick and Jackie Wait from England went down there and won it. Um, I think it's it's flavors that will um, aren't the, the norm. I think it's flavors that um, aren't kind of you know when you're tasting when they're sitting at a table and a, so many cooks the the what's the spread between flavors of you'll have six samples and probably the spread of three of them is going to be really close to tasting the same and three of them won't. And even though the three of them that are taste going to taste really close to the same are good, I think these folks that are judging down there are probably going to more like something that's a little bit different and, and a little bit off the edge of what's, you know, the norm of the top tier five or six teams that are on the circuit today. So,
0: and I've asked some pit masters kind of a similar question I'm just about to ask you is, you know, you get down there and, and, and however you get down there, you're down there. But because of lack of qualified or lack of experienced competition barbecue palate that's going to be in those judging tents, do you change up your profiles at all? almost to a man uh, except for Myron Mixon, maybe three years ago saying that he was just going to make like fair barbecue because that's what had won the the previous year. And he went on a tangent about that after the fact. Uh, But a lot of people say they're just going to continue to do the same thing because that's what got them there. Is that a mistake? A lot of people are going to make.
3: You know, how do you not all the money and effort and what got you there? How do you not cook that same recipe? But uh, you know, there's how many how many of how many of those teams normally win that event um, on a regular basis? I don't think you know um, one of those groups that, that do that. I mean, you gotta you gotta do everything well. First of all, it's gonna have to be some seasoned veteran that does extremely everything extremely well. From you know your presentations, you're you're able to cook it to the exact right bite that the judges are taught at the present time in the judging class. You know, as far as your brisket goes, how your pork is. Every, I mean, you're going to have to cook exactly to the level of what's being taught in that class today, and um, then you're uh, you know, I think you're going to have to have a flavor that's a little bit not just the norm. I think you're going to have to have. You're gonna to have to lay on that maybe you're gonna to have to have something that's a little spicier than most people. Maybe your seasonings are gonna to have to come through and you're gonna to have to have more of a sauce that's nothing but just a glaze that's that's kinda of monotone, you know, and, and it doesn't have a lot of flavor to it, but your you know, your profile, you know, is gonna come through otherwise. Um, and you're you know, you're gonna you're gonna be a little bit edgy not just middle-of-the-road kind of cooking that's probably going to have to, you're going to have to get some attention, is what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to probably try to get some people to really throw some you know, some big scores out to win the thing.
0: that Eddie joining me here on the show. Uh, Eddie, you mentioned it a couple minutes ago, uh, so I figured why not bring it back up. Uh, you were talking about the debacle in 2004, uh, the English barbecue team that had come over, Rick, uh, Rick and Jackie Wait, um, and of course, um, Rick has uh, since passed away, but you know, if you could take us back to that time and, and how the setup was and, and, and this debacle or, or misunderstanding that kind of came in. And really, the rules, you know, that was the year where the, the rules kind of changed for the Jack Daniels.
3: Yeah, well, back in the day, you know, they really liked the, the, the American teams to kind of host and help out the uh, to, to the European teams or these that are out from out of the country and make them feel welcome and and all. Well, in, 19, in 2003, Rick and Jackie came over and uh, Drew Grega, who cooks under the team name Blind Dog, uh, actually they came over in 2003 and took Ray Lampy's cooking class. Then while they were at the cooking class and it was given there in Lynchburg, the folks at Jack Daniels said, why don't you come back and cook the international uh, cook-off? So they did in 2003 and they had a great time. Uh, I don't remember exactly how well they did or anything, but it built a huge passion of barbecue in those folks. And these, these are a couple of really extremely sharp individuals. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, very, very sharp people. And they, they lived in the country. Rick worked in London, and he was a banker for um, – uh, he was actually a tech, technologist and, and a technical guy computer-wise for uh, big banking groups. And uh, Rick had um, a photo memory too. I mean, Rick would read a book every day, a different book, in the two hours. It was an hour to into town, an hour back home. But he would get it through a whole book, and that he had a photographic memory. He, you know, it, that's just one of the sharpest individuals and in, in people. And his wife Jackie was just incredibly sharp herself, and she was actually his secretary to begin with, too. Um, back in the day, and that's how they met. So, um, it, well, their passion of barbecue built after that, and they became distributors for us in Cook Shack over in England. And so I conferred with them on a constant basis. They were cooking on the FEC 100. I sent them all my recipes. They were cooking my direct recipes that I would normally cook, and they practiced it greatly. And so I brought – i brought my cooking rig in for them to cook on at the 2004 jack daniels championship and of course you know they'd already been doing exactly everything and they took the meat right off the truck they gave they come around and handed the meat to the teams to cook for the contest and that's the exact meat that they turned in um I mean, I will say that I think I had a lot of influence, no doubt, because she'd been cooking my recipes for, right. you know, quite a while, right. uh, which is not uncommon in what you – I teach a cooking class. A lot of people teach cooking classes, but one thing about those folks, if, if you say this is what you do, how you do it, when you do it, the way you do it, they're going to do it exactly that way and not fervor from it, none whatsoever, And that's exactly what they did. And um, when I got that phone call at 7.30 Saturday evening because I was already in Nashville and she said we won the international deal, I said, cool, because I tasted their stuff and it was very good. Um, It was as good as I thought it could possibly have been for what they were given, you know. And then when she said, but that's not all. And I said, what do you mean that's not all? And she said, we won the whole dang thing. And I thought, oh, shit, here we go. You know, this is going to be a game changer, and it was because, um, you know, that that came to an end right after that, and I think there was some – you know, a lot of scuttlebutt went around, but I think there was a lot of uh, disgruntled teams after that because some international group came in and did it. But, I mean, I – and, of course, it, guess who, you know. Well, I was going to say, is it, is it me. the fact
0: that international team won or is it the fact that the international team won and now everybody's going to pile on that Fast Eddie is the guy that actually cooked the food? And he's the guy that won the jack, but an international team is going to go ahead and take the accolades instead.
3: Yeah, that went around. You know, I mean, there was a lot of talk under people's breaths and I heard a lot of things. But, you know, here again and then next year, they wouldn't even allow me to bring my equipment down in the park for them. <laughs> okay, well, I was basically banned from the park, which I said, fine, I'll leave, let me drop the stuff off, I'll go to Nashville and hang out, and they wouldn't even let me do that. Hmm. I mean, there was letters that went back and forth, and it was it, it was sad to see that going, but it is a private event, it's not an open event, you know, you have to understand, these are the folks that put it on, it's their rules, you come and play by their rules no matter what, and that's, that's it, you know, so... um it, it, it gave me kind of a bad taste because I felt like sportsmanship went out the window. You know why did they? Why would they have done that? Why? You know, I mean i I don't have a clue. Uh, you know, odds of backing something up is extremely difficult, and to say the least, of anybody, anywhere, anyway. So, um, but you know, uh, it's now the fast Eddie rules, and and you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> being banned from the park basically
0: there you go fast eddie joining <laughs> me here on the show i appreciate you uh, kind of rehashing that with us for the especially for the people uh, that didn't realize exactly what happened back then uh you know looking forward to this weekend you know are there some teams as you look through that list of teams that made it in that that jump out to you as uh, you know I, I would hate to say prohibitive favorite but you know somebody You know if i gave you a couple hundred bucks to go bet in vegas are, are there some teams that you would lay money down on or is it just too big of a crapshoot here
3: well I'm an all or nothing kind of guy when I when I'm betting and um, you, you know I mean the, the probably this the, when I was going through the list of teams and how solid a guy cooks and actually it's a whole team because there's not just one team here there's three teams here that cook pretty close, probably very close to the same and they all do extremely well. and if you're going to be betting, I would lay all my money down on. Coming out of Grimes, Iowa, a boy in his barbecue. Really? Exactly,
0: yeah. Wow. All right, a boy in his barbecue. So that's Fast Eddie's pick. You know, uh, one of the teams that, I mean, they're still really hot. They just got another reserve grand champion this past weekend, uh, but they had to mass 13, 14 grand champions this year, a three-eyes barbecue uh, you see them go over to the the American Royal and take part, and kind of finished. I guess lower than a lot of people would have given them or, or anticipated them. And figured they would be much higher, maybe if not a favorite to win because of how well they've been cooking. Is there is there a regional flavor profile thing that might have happened to them from winning on the East Coast? Is there is there a talent thing that they might have run into or anything like that, or is this just the the American Royal being the American Royal? Well,
3: one, I think it's. Uh, I don't necessarily think it's the American Royal being the American Royal sort of speak. I mean you're you're talking about in the invitational scores Correct. or the yeah, open yeah. scores. Yeah, I mean
0: the open's out the window for me. I I'm only really concerned about the invitational stuff.
3: Well, the invitational uh a lot of those a lot a lot of them uh judges from the invitational come from around the country. So uh, I would just say, you know, more of a, a bad luck ordeal on their part. I would go back and look at how they did in the open. I mean, I, I'm more of the open. I'm just the opposite. Okay, <laughs> to be right honest with you, and you think it's nuts and crazy, but I look at percentages, is what I do. Okay, and you take the you take the top ten percent. And the top 10%, if if it's going to be regional flavor, in the open it would have been a regional flavor because a lot of Kansas City judges. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 500 – the goal at the Royal would be to finish the top 10% because if you finish at the top 10% of any contest, you're the same as the winner, okay, in my book. Right. It just comes down to numbers then is what it comes down to. So a 50-team contest, you're in the top five. Your day's going to come if you can keep doing what you were doing. All right. And sit so down at the Royal, if you're in the top fifty four down there, you're the same as the winner as far as I was concerned. You know, so ten percent it ten percent's a number you gotta look at. And I don't know where they finished in the invitational. Where did they get in the invitational the three eyes I didn't oh, look at
0: that? Christ. I mean they, they were they were really low compared to, you know, well, at least I had them top 10, uh, you know, on my list because of how well they had been cooking and winning so many in a row, um, despite where they were at in the country. And, you know, they were probably uh, maybe 70s or 80s, I think. So Wow. I mean, well, yeah, they I were, think there could have been low.
3: something up with that, too. I, I don't necessarily – I mean, I can't believe their flavors that far off. It, you know, I think they're just – Maybe, number one, a little luck, but number two, I think it, it could be that they are cooking something. You know, you'd have to take a the – brisket's the category I would look at. And if if their brisket was way off on scores, on taste, I mean, if your tenderness was there, your appearance was there, and your taste scores were out of whack, then, yeah, I would say, you know, everybody's pork, everybody's rib, everybody's – and chicken's going to be – in my books, kind of so-so. But beef is the one thing that's going to be the telltale sign, I believe. All right. And that's what I would look at.
0: Ed Marron joining me here on the show. Uh, pelletcooker.com, obviously a website if you want to check out uh, what he's got going on with his pellet grills and all that stuff. Of course, the F.E. Cooker is uh, still one of the most popular grills on the competition circuit as well. Uh, Eddie, anything else going on with you here before I turn you loose tonight?
3: No, I'm going back desert racing two more weeks. You love that desert racing now, right? Oh, I love that desert racing. You bet. I'm being Laughlin. Actually, you know what's going to happen here in two weeks? I'm going to be racing across the street from where um, Smoke on the Water will be having their contest in Laughlin, Nevada here in a couple weeks. Cool. So any of you barbecuers want to check out some great – off road racing, come on over and hang out with us across the street, and I'll be over there roaming around through the cook-off area in between races. All right,
0: Fast Eddie joining me here on the show. Ed, always appreciate the time, and we'll have to do this uh, again a lot more often. Always love talking barbecue with you. All right, Greg, thanks for having me on. You got it. There he is, uh, Ed Marin. Fast Eddie <laughs> joining me here on the show. A boy and his grill is Eddie's choice, Eddie's pick for winning the Jack Daniels this coming weekend. Oh, it's such a crap shoot. I I, I want to say, you know, last year it was, uh, was it Smoke and Hogs that won it last year? I think, I think, and there's a number of teams that I could call out here, but I think uh, QO probably has a really good shot because of how well they did. Um, and I'll have to kind of revisit that list again at some point. Uh, and and post about it on my website as far as who my initial pick is and then of course you know on the Facebook page uh, probably Thursday or Friday I'll have you guys call out who you think is uh, going to win but as far as Fast Eddie is concerned a boy in his grill so he's the first one in a butcher barbecue see damn people that's another guy they've been cooking well all year if I had $20 I'd have a lot of people like to put that on you know Dave could absolutely win it. Absolutely. Damn it. I'm going to have to peruse the list, and I will determine a, uh, a single flat-out winner, and then I'm going to give you, like, a, uh, a, a wheel bet. So I'll give you one favorite, and then maybe three or four different ones that you would bet on top of that. All right, uh, let me talk to you quickly before we get to Scott Roberts about Barbecuer's Delight. Look, they're makers of the in my opinion, the pellet resource to go to for your pellet fire cookers. Now, whether you're on the competition trail or you're just a backyard guy like me, it doesn't matter because they will supply you the pellets that you need. Now, if you don't have a pellet cooker, don't get scared, don't cry, no problem. You can still take advantage of the pellet revolution on your gas or charcoal grill or smoker by grabbing the cast iron pot option. Now, you buy yourself a nice sampler pack of pellets, you load one-third cup into the cast iron pot, and then you place that into the cooker or grill and let that sweet, succulent smoke take care of the rest. You won't regret it. Now, maybe you're not familiar with pellets, right? Uh, let me give you a little insight. When pellets are made, all of the air within that cellular structure of the wood is evacuated. It concentrates the wood into a very dense form, much more dense than natural trees, and as compared to other flavor enhancers, a pellet will yield more smoke more intensely which gives you that nice smoked flavor on the meat that you're looking for exactly when you need it, right now, right then. Now, it's also sterile. Since it's made, there's heat, there's pressure. It eliminates any of contaminants that are in that wood. gives you consistent quality results each and every time. Plus, you can blend different flavors. And if you find a flavor profile that works with you, you can go back to it time and time again. Another benefit of using pellets. So here's what you have to do. You do yourself the biggest favor ever on the face of the earth, especially if you have pellet-fired cookers. And again, if you don't, get the cast-iron pot option. It'll be just like you have a, an Effie or a Gorilla or a Green Mountain Grill or whatever. You go to bbqrsdelight.com. That's bbqrsdelight.com. Check out all the flavors that they have, and stop fussing with the sticks, with the chunks. It's Barbecueers Delight. The choice of competition cooks and backyard hacks just like me bbqrsdelight.com that's barbecuer's delight best pellet out there on the market right now all right we'll come back and uh, help close the show with scott roberts sauce and rub reviewer extraordinaire you're listening to the barbecue central show right here on the barbecue central radio networks 877-448-0433
4: 877 433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampy. All
0: right, we are back. Thanks again to Ed Marn for joining me, talking about the Jack Daniels, recapping or rehashing the 2004 debacle, as he put it. I call it the year that Fast he changed the Jack Daniels forever. 877 448 Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Those are your uh, ways to get in touch with the show, if you're so inclined to do so. Uh Uh-oh, wait a second. I want to do that. That's what I wanted to do. So uh, thanks again. Again, pelletcooker.com is uh, Eddie's uh, website, so go ahead and check him out there. All right, uh, my final guest appears on the show. Once a month to tell us about the good, the bad, the ugly of the barbecue, rub, and sauce world. Also an expert when it comes to the world of fiery foods. Let's go ahead and race over the hotline and grab up Scott Roberts, running here on the show. Scott, how are you, bud? Outstandingly well. How are you doing, Greg? I'm doing outstanding myself, Scott. always appreciate you asking and always appreciate you making time for the show. Uh, we have you on once a month and we talk about uh, sauces and rubs. Uh, before we get into that, uh, bring us up to speed on what's happening over at Scott Roberts' web and the world of fiery foods. I am continuing the audio
6: podcast I have called the Weekly Firecast. Um, been pretty consistent with that. It's really easy to fall behind and uh, the, the fall into what's called pod fading. Yes, you know, you do a bunch of episodes and you just kind of lose interest. You skip one or two and you end up, you know, not doing those for a while. Um, I'm. I'm enjoying
0: doing these, and I'm trying to stay pretty consistent. So what's your release schedule like right now? Is it once a week? Is it uh, twice a month or what? It is once a week, and I will upload
6: the files on to iTunes late – thursday and we'll make the official post on friday
0: so what's your buffer like right now i always uh, when i was doing just the audio show i always tried to have a buffer of like three or four shows just in case because you never know you could run into a, a point where two weeks in a row something comes up or you're not able to do it what uh, what kind of a buffer are you keeping I actually don't have a buffer right now. You have no buffer right now? I have no buffer. Oh, watch out. It's don't it. say that. Hurry, knock on wood and, and all the other good luck stuff that isn't really going to help you if something happens. <laughs> all right, so uh, my advice to Scott Roberts is start building a buffer because you'd never know what's going to happen. You need to get the last guest I have on, Ed, uh, Ed Marn. You know Eddie, Fast Eddie? Well, yeah, I, I'll, oh, yeah, I'll ask him. my God. I mean, he, uh, uh, living legend, creator of the F.E. Cooker. He's won a lot of stuff. I mean, he knows. The first time I ever interviewed him, like six years ago, he had just started injecting his pork butts, if you can believe it. I mean, it's something that everybody does now, but there was a point when people really weren't injecting at all. It's like it's it's kind of hard to believe. It's an evolution, of course, but yeah, I mean, it's just like anything else. Things change over time. All right, Scott, uh, so let's go ahead and jump into the products that we have tonight. First item up for bid is the Black Swamp Gourmet Spicy Rub. What do you think?
6: Uh, Black Swamp Gourmet is a company out of Ohio. Uh, they, they, I catch them every year at the Weekend of Fire. They make a trio of barbecue sauces and a trio of rubs. Uh, this one, I believe, is the middle-of-the-road rub as far as uh, like a spiciness, heat level goes. Uh, it has a real strong cumin flavor, uh, pretty savory. It's, it's something that's both sweet and savory, and to me... If you are able to have a really good balance of that, then you're able to apply it to just about any kind of meat and I think it goes outstandingly well on just about everything I've tried it on and of course uh, I know you do it you know put uh rubs or seasonings on popcorn yep. it's outstanding on that. Hmm. As long as there's plenty of uh, butter on it, sprinkle some of this on there. It, oh, it's magnificent.
0: Well, I, I do think that you know the butter works well with the rub, so you can kind of get a, a good flavor. But you know that uh, I put it on right when it comes out of the bag, so you get that steam heat and that kind of you know uh, the the guy that, who show I'm going to be on tomorrow night's uh, Sam the Cooking Guy says you know heat changes things. So when you have that steam heat kind of hit that rub and it kind of melts it over the top of the popcorn and kind of opens all the flavors up and you can really kind of tell what you're dealing with at that point. I don't know if you find the same thing. Uh, probably.
6: I always make sure I have the extreme butter, movie theater butter. Mm. The more butters,
0: the better. More butter, the better. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, what are we looking at as far as amount that you're getting, price point, and of course your uh, ultimate rating for this?
6: Okay. Well, it comes in a little 3.88-ounce shaker bottle. You can get it at the Black Swamp Gourmet website for 6 bucks plus shipping. Uh, it's a very good deal. I highly recommend it, and this one I would give a top-ten call. All right. Top-ten call, so absolutely uh, worth the pickup.
0: Do you know where they're at in Ohio? I'm from Ohio. Uh, Toledo. Toledo, all right, so uh, about two-plus hours due west for me and uh, a uh, crap hole of a city, just in case anybody's wondering. Nothing against That's Toledo, so of course. It's Just the bottom line. I'm sure there's many fine people who live there. I live in Ohio. I doubt it, but I live in Ohio. I'm allowed to say that. All right, uh, so a top ten call for that. Next item is the Sauce Goddess Sticky Sweet Grill Glaze. Uh, I'm seeing more and more, Scott, of grill glaze glaze or finishing glaze or you know whatever you want to call it versus like a barbecue sauce. Uh, to me, leads me to believe this might be a little bit more thin, a little bit more sweet. What do, what do you think?
6: Uh, not really. This, right. As far as sweet, yes, just like the name implies. Sure. Uh, the consistency, it, it's pretty thick. Um, of course, I think a lot of people, the I guess the fair weather barbe- barbecuers, really don't know the – Whole thing about you know sh- sugar thickening caramelizing, so I think it's good in a way. If uh, the sauce companies kind of imply that you know you wait till the end to apply the sauce, mm-hmm. you know a finishing sauce, a little glaze, uh, this works very well in that regard. It's very very sweet. It has a tomato base. It doesn't have much in the line of uh, any type of strong garlic or onion flavor. It's not a deep, rich molasses type sweetness. It's really, really sugary and really tomato like. That having been said, if you are a fan of that type of sauce or glaze or finishing sauce, uh, I think you would go for this.
0: What was your overall thought? Something you really liked or something you could pass on? For what it was, I really liked it. Hmm. All right. um, um,
6: I, and, and I don't have a particular favorite style of barbecue sauce. I like them all across the board, different flavor profiles. Uh, but again, for what this was, I really dug it big time.
0: All right, so what are we looking at as far as amount you're getting in a bottle, uh, price point, where you can get it, and uh, obviously overall score? Okay, this comes in a
6: 14-ounce jar for seven twenty a jar plus shipping. Uh, you can get this at SauceGoddess.com. Uh, this also is another top 10 call.
0: Wow, top 10 call. So we're uh, two for two on pretty decent products at Scott's head. Uh Rounding out the third item up for bids is the, I'm going to go with Aaron's. Is that right? Or is it Arun's or what? Aaron's, Arun's. Aaron's famous. Yeah. We'll just call it Arun's. All right. Aaron's famous zombie boogie pineapple habanero barbecue sauce. Again, names that are a uh, sentence- just boggle my mind, but whatever. Aaron's famous zombie boogie pineapple habanero barbecue sauce. Now I see habanero, Scott. I gotta be honest. People that aren't chili heads might shy away from this. Might not pick it up off the shelf because the word habanero is in there. Being the fiery expert that you are, how do you rate the heat for the people that aren't in the uh, in the fiery world? Very honestly, it's pretty mild for a
6: habanero product. Hmm. And if you're seeking something that's extremely spicy, you're going to be disappointed with this. Oh, wow. And as a matter of fact, the pineapple quotient in this, I think, is very, very low. Now, I'm not a huge fan of barbecue sauces that contain a lot of the fruit flavor. I I think they go better with um, maybe a type of glaze or pepper jelly or something like that. Uh, But like an apple barbecue sauce, a peach barbecue sauce, it really needs to excel For me to really like it. Uh, I didn't taste much pineapple in this. And I didn't taste much habanero. There was not much heat. This at its core. Is a really sweet. Brown sugar. Molasses style barbecue sauce. It's uh, decent for what it is. Um, I would have preferred to taste a little bit. Of those two ingredients. That are in its name. Uh, i was so, I was disappointed in that regard
0: uh, I mean, it would only naturally lead you to some type of disappointment if you 're hoping for some heat and for some, uh, for some pineapple taste and you 're lacking in both especially for you on the on the habanero side right yeah, I mean, it is a spicy sauce.
6: Uh, make no mistake about it you know for the people out there that really like mild sauces. this might be a little bit too spicy for you, but chili Heads expecting something habanero level will be disappointed.
0: All right, uh, how much are you getting in a bottle? Price point and overall score. Okay, it comes in a twelve ounce bottle for six ninety
6: five plus tax. Uh, Aaron's Famous Inc is the website. Of course, it's not. The website is incomplete. <laughs> you can't order this on the website, but it does give you a store page which lists some of the brick-and-mortar locations you can purchase this at. Uh, It also lists a website that you can buy it at, so I will give that website for the people interested
0: in this. All right. You can get that at insanechicken.com. I've heard of insanechicken.com before. so I mean, that's a a pretty good resource for a lot of other stuff as well, yeah?
6: Yeah, it's a big hot sauce shop online. They, They sell a lot of good products so it's, it's – if you're interested in buying a lot of, uh, I guess, overall hot sauces, barbecue sauces, what have you, it would be worth it to bookmark InsaneChicken.com. Um, now, this product itself really didn't wow me. It's decent. Um, it, it's only just a little bit above the run-of-the-mill level in my estimation, so I would award this a Backyard
0: Griller. All right, Backyard Griller. So obviously – Uh, The bottom feeder of the three items that we're looking at tonight, both the Black Swamp Gourmet Spicy Rub and the Sauce Goddess Sticky Sweet Grill Glaze, both top 10 calls. So uh, obviously, you know, consider those two prior to the Aaron's famous Zombie Boogie Pineapple Habanero Barbecue Sauce. Uh, Let me ask you a quick question here, Scott, before we go, and and especially for the people that aren't fiery food, knowledgeable as you are. You know, two of the most popular peppers that you always hear about you're seeing in stores or the ingredient is listed on a label just like you would see here for the last sauce we were talking about is habanero and jalapenos. Can you give us kind of a a, a thumbnail sketch of when you're eating that, you know, where does the heat build in your mouth? What kind of a heat intensity is it one versus the other? So if somebody were to say... You know, it has jalapeno in it, they would be able to put it in their mouth and go, yeah, because it's hitting these notes that Scott said they were, so it's got to be this or it's got to be that.
6: Well, a jalapeno, of course, is the lower-level heat. It's anywhere between 2,500 and 8,000 Scoville heat units. The thing about jalapenos is their heat is really inconsistent. Uh, you can bite into one it's relatively mild. You can bite into another one, and it seems like it has screaming heat. Uh, it, it just it happens to me it happens to a lot of people so when spice companies look for jalapenos in bulk the heat really needs to be cons- at a consistent heat level so that that's a trouble i, I guess a, a lot of sauce companies come across when they want jalapenos and mm-hmm. it uh, as far as where it hits you in the mouth it's a little bit more immediate you know if you eat a lot of it you know it can get you around the the corners of the mouth on the tongue cutting all of the inside Now, a habanero is a much, much hotter pepper, and that could range anywhere from 100,000 to 300,000 Scoville units. Therefore, you'd use a lot less of that pepper in a sauce or salsa. Now, habaneros are much, much slower to build up, but once they do, it really starts building up on the back end, hits you more in the the back of the mouth, the back of the throat Uh, and it finally escalates to a point of it's it's a real sneaky heat that's kind of a phrase that we like to use sneaky heat
0: Uh, i was just getting a instant message question here Uh, maybe you can kind of close on this as a benchmark how would you as scott roberts rate a standard tabasco uh, and uh, smoked chipotle uh, tabasco sauce as it relates to to heat
6: Very mild. Tabasco is mostly vinegar. I I do not care for regular Tabasco. I understand they have a huge history in the hot sauce industry. Without them, the the industry as it is now wouldn't be where it is. Uh, So what you actually taste in Tabasco is mostly the tartness from the vinegar. It's very low on the heat scale. Chipotle, it's uh, I, I I don't have the numbers in front of me. It's on my site scottrobertsweb.com. dot com. It might be a little bit hotter as far as the uh, chipotle flavored Tabasco, but it, it's more of just a smoky flavor, and, and since uh, chipotles are smoked jalapenos, yeah. So it's uh, most of the time. Of course, technically it could be any kind of smoked chili pepper. So heat wise, it's not too much hotter than. Uh, your regular type of jalapeno flavored sauce.
0: He is the fiery food master and on the Barbecue Central Radio Show, the expert when it comes to reviewing uh, rubs and sauces. You can find him here each and every month doing just exactly that. Uh, go ahead and check him out, scottrobertsweb.com, and at scottroberts on the Twitter. Uh, Scott, will look for you again next month. Always appreciate the time. Okay, thank you, Greg. There he is. Oops, sorry, that's the one we're a... looking for. scottrobertsweb.com, again, is the website. I think it's good to kind of get that benchmark of, you know, those two most popular ones. I agree with Scott. Tabasco, not very hot. Although, man, it's hard to beat. Original Tabasco splashed on pizza with an ice-cold baruski. Absolutely one of my favorite things ever on the face of the year. Again, right, quickly, before we wrap up, let me talk to you about uh, Fred Bernardo over at... Uh, wait, we did that. Never mind. Turkey Fest, if I uh, recall correctly. Um. There, this isn't one amazingly enough we have one open spot left so uh, if you have products if you have services uh, or whatever uh, typically barbecue related although Stephen DeFranco I guess is a barbecue related but it was at his behest that he wanted to sponsor the show and who am I to tell him that? he's a barbecue guy at heart if you're a barbecue guy at heart and you have wares or products or whatever you want to get out to a target market here's the thing with this show People tune in live. People tune in to YouTube. People tune in to my homepage website. People tune in to the podcast. These are all people that have a vested interest, that have a built-in want, need, exposure to anything that has to do with barbecue and grilling. So if you have a product that caters to this industry, the only thing I can offer you is, A, I'm happily going to take your money. More importantly than that, I'm going to give you an audience that you are going to be able to market to directly, and they are interested, automatically interested, or at least have that inherent interest in your product. You're not going to be wasting time doing direct mailers or sending out phone or making phone calls or sending out emails to a bunch of people just in mass and hoping that sheer numbers are going to make some stuff stick. These people that listen to this show are fans of barbecue, fans of grilling, fans of the industry, fans of cooking. That's why you would want to consider paying that huge, steep monthly rate and partnering with the show. That's all I have to say. If you're interested, you can obviously visit the website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And then I believe it's under About the Show. It talks about how you can be a sponsor. There's a whole media kit that you can download, and you can see what you get uh, for the monthly investment. That's uh, very easy to do. All right, uh, we'll wrap up the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back.
4: Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All
0: right, we're back. Uh, Wrapping it up, 877-448-0433. Greg at TheBBQCentralShow.com. Uh, Thanks to Scott Roberts, who was just on. And, and again, I think it was important because, look, you see a lot of stuff that has habanero or or jalapeno. Um, Scott is obviously exposed to a plethora of other peppers that, you know, most of us probably wouldn't be able to get into because we're not, you know, the fiery food maniacs like Scott is. Uh, but, you know, the habaneros and the jalapenos are pretty prevalent. So at least to get kind of a baseline heat exposure, uh, where it hits you on your mouth. Uh, sometimes, you know, it's nice to be able to be in a situation where you're eating something, maybe heat's building on the front end or the back end of your mouth, and you say, oh, you use habanero in here? Well, how did you know? Uh, barbecue Central Radio Show, they're phenomenal over there. Maybe you're not going to say that at all. Give me any credit. I'm just trying to help you out. ScottRobertsWeb.com is his uh, email. All right, uh, let's wrap it up. In the first hour, Meathead Goldwyn, AmazingRibs.com, talked everything turkey. We almost talked about cook air, which we'll probably get to next month, maybe. Um, but I always appreciate the time that Meathead gives to the show. Uh, so go ahead and if you miss something, obviously go back, listen to the podcast uh, or the video cast or whatever, uh, but go to his website, AmazingRibs.com. It is a plethora of information, a veritable cornucopia of information when it comes to this industry, and then that's why it's the highly... Traffic, most popular website when it comes to barbecue grilling within the industry. Second hour, Fast Eddie Martin joined us talking about the impending Jack Daniels World Championships. It's coming up this weekend. Uh, we've revisited the 2004 debacle, the Fast Eddie rules, and how that changed Jack Daniels forever. And then, of course, uh, said that a boy in his grill will win the Jack Daniels this year. Mark that down. And then Scott Roberts helping to close out the show with uh, a couple sauces in a row. Uh, next week, as I mentioned, a huge show. Derek Riches, Robin Lindarth, the winner of the Jack Daniels, so stay tuned for that. If you have raw cast iron, if you use it, season it each and every time. As it cools down, hit it with a rake, and get all the stuff off, and of then pan crystal then burn back in, reseason each and every time. You'll have generations of rough, free service if you do it just like that each and every time, I swear to God. Also, September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. I know you won't either. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American Red Reffie Good night now.